In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 392. That's right. Uh, we're talking about Far Sector number four, which is on stands now. Uh, but before we get into that, I guess we have some uh, more stuff to talk about. What are we talking about tonight? It's kind of interesting that this thing has been hanging out. Th- What's it been like? Going to be like two weeks now? It's been hanging out there, and really, there's been no further development. Uh, very little. Actually, Jim Lee said one thing, but so we figured we'd talk about uh, Dan DiDio seeming seemingly getting shit canned out of the blue <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. That was a fr- that was a Friday, right? Was it a Friday? Uh, I what? think I think so. I think so too. Which is usually when which is usually when a lot of news gets dumped that you want to like go under the radar screen and and not have. Not have the whole world come to an end about whatever it is. Dump it like on a Friday afternoon or something, and people tend to heading into the weekend. It tends to get a little less steam other than it would otherwise. But yeah, so Dan DiDio is uh who has been basically running DC for a while now, as far as the agenda. And he was, and what was he was with DC for what like eighteen years? Yeah. Overall, uh, and yeah, I believe so. So he's got so he's out and obviously there's a lot of speculation as to why it's out so we'll probably talk about some of that too. How, how did you how did you, you actually you sent me you you met you texted or Facebooked me that. I forget where the hell I was at the time. I, um but I know I was out. So yeah, that was so so it certainly was a surprise to me. What did you think? Um Look, the way DC's uh, been going for the past few years and the traction that they've had with their events or lack thereof, uh, things like that, uh, I believe a I – don't, I don't believe any of us are shocked that a change happened. It's probably just when it happened, um, how it happened is the, is the thing. Uh, I, th- I think we all sort of anticipated something was in the water – uh, and, and had to happen sooner or later unless there was a drastic change in, uh, you know, their, their, their future and what they decided that they would want to do, you know. But then this comes after the announcements of the 5G event. And, you know, the solicits, DC solicits, oh, all the solicits for the upcoming um, ordering process um, have been released. And, uh, Generation One has been solicited already in the DC previews. Um, so now 
the Gen 5 stuff that's been in the works over at DC is now canceled. So the Gen 1 thing that was solicited, is that now off the table? Or are we going to consider that just a random one shot? Like, you know, what is what is all of this? So it was odd that they essentially allowed Dan DiDio to go out and make all these big public speeches and, uh, you know, whatever to with various individuals letting them know what the future of DC is and what this next big event we're having is and so on and so forth, only to a few days later just be like, and you're out. <laughs> so that, that, that was, uh, that was a little odd. Um, I don't know if there was anything that precipitated it. Um, you know, uh, a scandal we're not aware of or something like that. If you go over to the LanternCast Twitter feed, you'll see myself making a couple of comments on it around the time it happened. But I also retweeted a lot of tweets from a ton of creators across the uh, the uh, creatosphere praising Dan DiDio. I have made no secret, personally speaking, on the past that I don't I don't agree with every decision Dan has made. I think in a lot of ways his outlook and opinion on the future of comics or the way it should be run or the stories that should be told, that sort of a thing. Uh, I believe he's wrong on some of that stuff, but I don't think anybody in the world could ever question Dan is a fan. Uh, And I mentioned this on Twitter uh, when this all went down. If you look at the books Dan has written, Dan has put himself on OMAC and Phantom Stranger and metal men. This man didn't go after Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League. He went after these weird, goofy little corners of the DCU that nobody cared about. But Dan did. So, you can talk about, should Dan himself even be a writer? Like, was this almost like a a nepotism sort of a thing? You know, that sort of a situation. I don't know. But, there's no doubt that you don't put yourself on a book as a writer on something like metal men or phantom stranger or fucking Omac of all things. If you're not really a fan. So I think Dan's passion will be missed. I don't think his outlook will be. I'm, it's hard to know where to begin with the Dio thing because I haven't had as major or as major issues with the Dio overall as other people have. Probably because one of the great, you know, one of the characters has has benef- benefited the most during the Dio, you know, reign was Hal, but was Hal Jordan coming back, and you know, Green Lantern Rebirth was. You know, every Green Lantern Rebirth is one of the big things that Dio can hang his hat on, along with you know even Sinestro Corps. Basically, he and Jeff Johns were attached to Hip during probably uh, Infinite Crisis. During most of the things that many people at least feel really worked during the like middle 2000s. Um, I understand if you're a Wally West fan, you're you know you're very very happy that he's gone. Probably a little too late considering <laughs> considering where Wally is right now. But I under, I do understand why people are 
And he's had and he's had some you know major missteps along the way. Even though Johns has to take you know he you know he's got a little he's got a, a little responsibility too with the way the new fifty two turned out. But the new fifty two ultimately didn't you know, regardless of the sales that it generated early on was not really considered a success. Uh, certainly, convergence as as cool as the parallax parts were and some of those minis were as an event. Convergence was pretty much. You know, people didn't like it. There's so there's there's plenty of stuff to nitpick about what Dan DiDio has has done. Uh, I do think that considering that they have that between you know delays and and release schedules, like we know again with Doom, you know, Doomsday Clock is the quintessential example of that. Like uh, freaking like over what two years, like two years plus or whatever to do a twelve to get a twelve issue series out. That, which was supposed to change so much about the DCU, and and maybe it's still going to change some of it, but it it basically the entire DCU was held hostage because this damn book couldn't come out in a timely fashion. That I could see why people above his pay grade were getting nervous with the with the rumors of what 5G was supposed to be, with basically replacing all of the heroes that we know with with a new gen counterpart basically kind of like kind of like doing what they did in the 90s to a large extent except making it it's actually ironically more what they did with Kyle in Green Lantern <laughs> but but everything they tried in Batman and Superman was just temporary during their big shakeups everybody knew that was not going to last but it was like the idea of let's replace let's replace the traditional heroes with a, with a, with a new generation of heroes and whether our heroes that we're all used to, we were all used to were going to be stuck in the black, you know, like their black series line or whatever. That that is what the rumor was, but I think a lot of pe- that's what the rumor is anyway. A lot of people, you know, above Dan DiDio, certainly a lot of people maybe at AT and T who own them all, that they were concerned that this 5G thing sound, sounded like a train wreck, which I think most people honestly think it does sound like a train wreck, or it's inevitable that if it if you're doing it to if you're doing it with the goal to this is going to this is really going to succeed and people are going to be more interested long term in these characters being the main Batman, Superman, Green Lantern of of your universe. That yeah, I I don't see how that ever would have worked if you if it was one of those temporary things just so you could do like a Create another, you know, create another alternate universe like Marvel, like Marvel. Uh, so you have two, basically two different versions of two different universes, two different sets of heroes, and then things like that, which is weird in a multiverse that we, you know, we already kind of have that to begin with. You could just make another friggin' Earth and just do that. Uh, if or fo- have another book focused on an, you know, or a couple of books focused on another Earth. But I could see why people would be really nervous about that if if you. If one really looks at the comic book publishing industry as hanging on by a thread, which some people do, that that's probably not what you want to be hanging your hat on to be able to resurrect it or to breathe life into it, certainly long term. That that's not really what you want from that. So I, it is, but I guess, you know, circling back to something you said that. I don't think it's shocking that Dan DiDio is gone. I think it is shocking that it just came out seemingly out of nowhere, and it came out, it came out without much fanfare at all. Dan really didn't say anything. I don't believe. 
Uh, Warner Brothers DC really hasn't said anything either, and it's been like almost two weeks. The closest thing to a statement, anything, a tidbit, was Jim Lee basically saying that, and we don't know if Jim Lee really knows or he's this is just Jim Lee's opinion or what he was led to believe, that they're basically not going to be replacing Dan DiDio, that no one's be, is in, right now in, an, in the near future is going to be getting his position. Which, may, which, of course, would seemingly leave uh, Jim Lee in a pretty powerful position, yeah. assuming Jim Lee stays, too. Uh, so, I don't know. It certainly seems like they're already walking back, like they're walking back, the, like you said, the, five, the 5G thing to making it seem like a much smaller event related to something we talked about either last week or the week last episode or the episode before. That while you know Grant Morrison's second year on Green Lantern was supposed to, was originally supposed to be 12 issues and then it was rumored to be cut down to eight because of the fact of the 5G initiative. Now it's supposed to be back up to 12 again, which would indicate that whatever yeah. they're doing with 5G is not going to be this earth-shaking, uh, status quo-changing event that's going to be throwing all the, all these books and all these characters out out of their respective jobs. Yeah. Um... Jim Lee is also spoke to all the god awful dumbass rumors about like AT and T sells thinking about selling DC to Disney or you know some shit like that. Um, that was all dumb, uh, but you know he he shut that down. Um, it's actually interesting. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Gambit. I have Gambit's first appearance, and uh, going to Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, next, uh, well, next week as we record this, and um, Jim Lee can I, I paid I paid for a uh, I paid for a uh, an autograph from Jim Lee in advance so I could be in line, oh, and Jim Lee has canceled his visit to Emerald City Comic Con because of the coronavirus stuff, and that's just sort of I guess Warner's position for I guess I think they said anything in the month of March. Uh, they're just not sending their talent out to various places. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's a lot of places. Like Dark Horse, Valiant, um, things like that. A lot of these uh, publish, Penguin Publishing House or whatever, Penguin whatever, uh, they, a lot of these people are pulling out of Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, because I think as of the time we record this, there are 10 confirmed deaths in and around the Seattle area. Um Within 20 miles or so, uh, confirmed mostly deaths. At, mostly at the nursing at that nursing home, though, wasn't it? Mostly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. At least uh, specific specific to the Seattle uh, the cases and stuff. But yeah. Uh, so I mean, as of right now, I'm still going. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mean to go the coronavirus thing. But like you know, uh, Jim Lee is currently the sole publisher, but he has now pulled out of uh, Emerald City, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody can make a decision uh, for their own health based on their own, I, you know, uh, their own choices and their for their own reasons. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone at Warner said, "Hey, you're our only publisher. You're not going." <laughs> you know. I, so I, I would just, I mean, you could be right. I would suspect it, it's, it's more like, "Wow, this timing really helped us." <laughs> It's like this gives yeah. us an ex- this gives us an excuse to get out of here and not have to talk anymore about this crap, but but it doesn't look like we're bailing because we don't want to because we can't take the heat in the kitchen. So I think it. When I first saw the Jim Lee left left, it's like oh this is interesting. It must have to do with you know they're just kind of cover their. And then I read it, read it. It's like oh okay, they're, 
yeah, they're sure not. They're blaming it on the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are thinking that, and just because you know, I, I go next week, folks. So I'm excited. I've got my 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 luggage arrived in the mail today at the office and all this stuff. So I'm uh, I'm still stoked to go. I mean. Part of my concern with Emerald City Comic Con was that there's just going to be it's a massive con. Uh, I want to say it's one of the it, it, it's it's not New York, it's not San Diego, but it's probably third or fourth place. Uh, and uh, man, if everybody just doesn't go, then I'm going to have the place to myself, and I may not have a whole lot of the same like exhibitors and stuff. Um, but so far, Funko hasn't pulled out, and I didn't win a spot in the lottery, so, like, if nobody shows up, guess who gets all the exclusives? <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, even if they end up canceling Emerald City, I'm going to be upset about it, um, uh, because that's just who I am. Um, my My mentality when something goes wrong in my life is... Oh, great. Of course the universe would do that to me because it's Chad's life. That's just how it is. I'm trying to find do this whole year of Chad thing where, man, I'm going to Emerald City. I've got a nephew on the way. Um, I paid for a meet and greet with Eve Six when they come here into Austin, one of my favorite bands. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum just so happened to announce he's doing his first ever live recording of his Inside of You show. Guess what? It's taking place in Austin. Zachary Levi is going to be there. Bam, snagged a ticket to that. Like, all these really cool things are happening, and I'm just, like, putting myself out there on a dating app. Like, I'm doing all these things. But, man, it's so hard not to let the old Chad, or, you know, I, I say old Chad as if it's, like, you know, the distant past, but the classic, relatively recent old Chad. Chad. It's classic Chad. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's very hard with all these people pulling out of Emerald City, the the one time, you know, ever ever since New York Comic Con in 2011, that Chad has finally been like, you know what, I'm going to that, I'm going to have fun, and uh, this is about me. And, of course, the one time I pick it, everybody pulls out, nobody's going, they're going to cancel the whole thing. <laughs> you know, like, all these rumors start swerving. So it's, it's very hard for me to not be like, yeah, well, it's what happens when I make plans, because the universe hates Chad. Uh... <laughs> But, you know, if they pull out, then guess what? I guess I'm going to Seattle. You know, I'll have a vacation in Seattle. I've I got a hotel. I've got a flight. You know, I'll just hang out in the area, and I'll check out the city. Unless, of course, the mayor's like, quarantine the city. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that it, it's – I think DC's making smart choices. I think they need to. Um, you said 18, I believe, I, I think it was 19, but 18, 19 doesn't really matter. That's a long tenure for someone like Dan to be, uh, holding that reign. You know, what was it, uh, two or three years ago that, um, it was Karen Berger, right? Vertigo I think stepped so. down, you know, and she was at the reins for a long time. I actually didn't like that. I liked Karen Berger a lot, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been like this for a while, and 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 these are the these are the types of positions uh, in various companies, especially when it's something that is being sent to a fan base. Uh, it's just the 
the the nature of the game that at some point you're no longer going to be in charge. This isn't a this is going to be my job till I retire thing. This is going to be a this is my job until they're no longer happy with the way I've been running things and they the fan base just gets bored with what I've been allowing to happen on my watch. So you either have to stay fluid or you just have to say, you know what? As long as I'm in charge, here's what we're doing. This is the plan. This is what we're working with. And if that doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll run with it until it doesn't work anymore. If it stops working and you don't adapt, well, I guess that's on you. Um, and not to be dismissive of Dan, you know, he's out of a job, but uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. But uh, one thing that's interesting, though, is I was actually kind of interested in 5G. And the reason I say that is everybody's been saying for years that Dan doesn't like legacy characters, you know, screw Raleigh and screw Kyle and all these other things, you know, let's go Hal, let's go Barry, all these sorts of, all this sort of stuff. I mean, they're not technically, you know, like throwing Hal and everything under the bus. It would be a temporary thing, but to do this whole thing where they sort of pass on the legacy, that sounds like, Dan is, was making a concerted effort to at least temporarily do something everybody's been accusing him for years of not liking in the first place. No, I, that was one of the things that struck me too because I thought some of the – we know how people are sometimes in the heat of the moment or because somebody does something they don't like and all of a sudden they completely forget, oh, you know, this guy's track record – is the complete opposite of what you're making it sound like now because you didn't like he, that he did this one thing. That, yeah, he's... I, I heard people, too, talk about, uh, oh, he doesn't you know, he doesn't doesn't respect, you know, the characters and their legacy, and it's like, that's... He, he may be more of a Silver Age guy, but he certainly... But that's the thing that... When I think of the, the Dio era, that's what I think of. I think of the of the refocusing on, you know, the Silver, the silver Age versions of these characters, and... And more of the modern versions uh, got put, you know, got pushed to the side. Whether it was Wally, and I understand the Wally thing more because Wally was around for a long time. I mean, Wally was the Flash for a long time. So I get that. That's that's a whole different ball game. So I understand that more uh, than you know, using Kyle as an example. Kyle wasn't even Green Lantern all that. You know, he was he was around for a decent amount of time, but uh, but he wasn't. He also wasn't his popularity had also waned as far in the in the book wasn't nearly as interesting in the latter stages. But I but yes, the I that's that's why it was that's why it was weird by itself, the idea that that Dan DeDio would want to oversee something that basically would no matter what the long term plan of it was, to basically, you know, make, you know, like Jonathan Kent Superman and and who was it gonna be like Lucius Fox's whoever was it his nephew his son his cousin whatever the hell it was who was supposed to be Batman I think and it was his son was it his son and depending on the rumor was about our our Lantern Monet here even though some people thought it was going to be Teen Lantern but I thought the only name I ever heard was Joe Mullen potentially being the one that they were going to replace Hal with uh I it, it was ballsy, and if that's the re- and if that is the ultimate reason why he got canned, then then I, it if it if it went somewhere down, you know, if it was somewhere down the road or along the lines, I should say, of where basically 
<laughs> people said people went to Dan and said, yeah, we can't do this. Or we can do this, but you're going to have to modify it tremendously and you're not going to be replacing these characters. You want to do it as a mini event or something like this or create a separate, couple of separate books to focus on this, but you're not, you know, we're, you know, you're not replacing Bruce Wayne, you're not replacing Clark Kent, yada yada. And Dan said, no, that I, 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 I want to do this. I really need to, I, I understand your concerns, but, but A, I'm either sticking to my guns or B, you got to trust me, it's all going to work out, and he wouldn't, and he wouldn't budge. Then I could see why, you know, he got, he got broomed as quick, as quickly as he did, because they were, let's, they were reaching the point of no return, because as we, as you mentioned, some of the early gen, Gen solicits were out, so and we, they waited much longer. And with all the cons coming up, of course, they would have dodged a bullet this month. <laughs> no matter what, they would have dodged a bullet potentially. But the idea that you know the solicits were going to start coming out for some of these issues and more and more news about this event because they were going to have to start talking about it. That if they that if they were nervous to begin with, and they and or it was a like a growing fear. First, it was just like being slightly uncomfortable, and then it's like, oh, this gnawing at your stomach where you you just you know you're just not comfortable to like I'm gonna throw up. We gotta stop this right now. That you could see why basically things came to a head the way they did. Still odd that they couldn't have handled it better. That, you know, Dan didn't put out a statement, and or they couldn't have done something where the the transition. But then again, if they sent if they're really not gonna replace replace him. Then maybe they didn't. They didn't. At least for the time being, maybe they didn't feel the need to have this kind of tr- transition or have you know the passing of the torch or some kind of press conference or something like that. Maybe they didn't think it was necessary. But it's still. But it is kind of weird. It's, it does seem on the surface to be like an unceremonious way to dump somebody. Uh, and then and then the fact that we're like two weeks later and there's really been no official statement from DC about it. It that it's very odd. It it. it the way it was handled was very odd. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? We wanted to speculate wildly about the coronavirus, like we're experts in the medical field. Well, we could speculate about the people. It's not Ebola. <laughs> it's not Ebola. I mean, the same, the people that are at, the people that are at high risk for dying from corona, if you get it, are the same people that are at high risk for for dying of the flu or any or any respiratory based illness i mean it, it's that's it does seem i think on the surface right now it seems interesting based on just stuff we were talking about at work related to this and i do work for a healthcare management company that and god this webcast is killing me the thing i told you about my god today was worse than yesterday i'll tell you about it later <laughs> that's gonna be a long week that it seems like kids are kids at the moment are not get are really not getting this as much as they would get normal flu. So it isn't so it, so that's a, that's a little interesting. That so so maybe the so maybe the the group that is going to be consistently at high risk or the you know the the elderly the in and the people who are have a, their immune systems are suppressed and challenged and things like that who are always at risk for things like this but children who usually are almost always at risk too for like getting the flu you know the the, the extreme ends of the spectrum age wise and health wise are usually ones that, that are at, at risk for something like and it just seems at the moment it doesn't seem like you're getting a lot of that with with kids but you also but that could, depending that could change but it's not you know it's this this it's not the plague it's not the black death it's not Ebola 
you know, if you if if you if you're in a, in a health, if you're relatively healthy and you're in the, and, and you're not and you're pretty much in the median age group, you're not you know super young or certainly super old, uh, then the odds are you, even if you get coronavirus, you're not going to die. <laughs> and it's a relatively short incubation period for it too, I think. So that's why it's that makes it a little easier for the people being quarantined. That's it's like 14 days, so. If they think you have it, or they're afraid you might have it, and, you, and like the people on the boat, <laughs> like on the cruise ship, like if you don't get it in 14 days, you're pretty much going to be home free. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, none, but none guys, we're, we're 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 not medical experts. We do a Green Lantern podcast. So, look, if you really are concerned about it, then just wash your hands, take the precautions. It's your life. You make your decisions. This is why, like, all these conversations happening around Emerald City Comic Con, I'm part of a group on Facebook of fans that are going to Emerald City Comic Con. It's not a group, you know, put on by Reed Pop, the people behind Emerald City Comic Con. But there are constantly people in there saying, they should do this and they should do that and, you know, this is how they should handle it or, you know, they need to do that. It's just like, you know what? If you're worried, don't go. You're a fucking adult. Like, don't don't wait for somebody else to tell you, well, the show's canceled or the show's not canceled or, or whatever. If you're worried about it, you're an adult, you decided to go to the con, so also decide not to go to the con. Just, that's all it is. Same in regular life. If this is a concern for you and you feel like we're making too light of it or somebody else is, then just don't put yourself in situations where you believe you're going to be exposed to it. And if you think it's not a big deal, just exercise basic health stuff. Maybe up your your hand washing regimen and all this other stuff, and uh, you know, be a little more conscious about who you come in contact with. And guess what? You'll be fine. So, like, we're not health experts. You make your decision based on what you see and what your personal outlook on life is, and you have fun. Don't worry about it. Just everybody, calm down. <laughs> All right, speaking of calming down, Far Sector, number four. Not really calming down. Actually, uh, a ramp-up here on this one. I'd say so. Uh, yeah, so Far Sector, number four. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my recap brief, but not because not a lot happens here. I just feel like we have a lot to say about this one. So... Um, the quote at the beginning from Nina Simone is, I ain't about to be nonviolent, honey. And the story is written by N.K. Jemison, with art and color by Jamal Campbell, lettering by Deron Bennett, cover by Jamal Campbell, assistant editor Maggie Howell, editor Andy Corey, and DC's Young Animal, curated by Gerard Way. We open up on... Uh, basically where we left off. Lantern Joe is fighting against the peacekeepers. I, I forget what their official name is. But yeah, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the police of the area who have just opened fire on this crowd of innocents who are protesting and protesting loudly and intently essentially nonviolent. They were told to disperse. They did not disperse. So they have opened fire, lethal fire, and killed a couple of people. Uh, Lantern Joe has gone up against them and says, you better 
shut that shit down or I'm coming after you. They do so. Uh, but not before one of them tries to mount a gun and she just rips it apart with one of her rings. Uh, he says, okay, we'll stand down. Forget not division, stand down. She says, uh, I'm going to try and save these people from each other. But if I have to start saving them from you again, that really won't be peaceful. Not at all. And she flies off. Uh, this is after. She... This is one. A. Have we seen this guy before? This big guy. Uh, I forget. I'm trying to. Rem- I don't. I don't. For some reason, I want to say yes, but I could. But I could be. But I could be wrong. Um. So, the uh, the captain or or whatever his rank here is, uh, we were says we were supposed to to process this later at the post mortem, and he says I thought it might be relevant now since I was able to acquire some new measurements on that show of force. So, um, basically, they're kind of checking in on what Lantern Joe can do. He said, the captain says, tell me that's all she can do. And, and I'm only reading these specifics because this is some of the first actual intel we're getting about how Lantern Joe's ring works. So we want to make sure that we're giving you guys all the facts if you're not following the series. Says that would be a lie. By her standards, that was a minor power flux. She's capable of far and more. But I did notice something interesting. I acquired some combat data on a few Green Lanterns a while back. Humans, Guy Gardner and John Stewart in particular... For species normative comparison. Her ring is unlike that of other human lanterns. The differences are subtle but significant. First, it seems to be slowly replenishing itself whenever it isn't in active use. I doubt she needs a power battery. Not sure where the energy is coming from, though. But here's the important bit. Her ring also isn't as powerful as those other lanterns. Uh, what matters is when she's done, she's done. No more power for hours, maybe days. She'll have to use diplomacy, connections, and persistence. And, uh, this is, through all this, we're kind of getting a montage of Lantern Joe doing some peaceful dispersion of all this and do a little bit of cleanup after uh, someone is holding a lantern sign in the air, so she comes down to check on them. And basically, uh, these, uh, this is the family of the, the man who was killed, Sven of the Glacier. They are doing, uh, they're a big part of this protest, and basically telling Lantern Joe that if, um, if, if things don't go the way they want, they're going to keep up the protest no matter how dangerous it is for everybody else. Uh, this is something that needs to happen. Uh, cracking down on the switch off is not working. They want a referendum on the emotion exploit or we will protest again and again and again, no matter how many of us they kill. So Lantern Joe goes to the council, tells them what they all want. They're quiet for a moment she accuses them of the, you know, opening fire on the protesters and all of this stuff. Um, they reveal to her that uh, 
You know, there's some context that you may not know. Namely, the fact that we anticipated everything that's happened in the past few days because it's happened before. That's precisely why we requested a Green Lantern. We expected murder, as you know. We also expected unrest as a result of that murder. These things have occurred on every previous occasion that our citizens pressed for an end to the emotion exploit. She asked, how many times has this happened before? And they replied, 12 over the centuries. Give or take a few false starts. So this has happened for a long time, over and over and over again. And they're not listening to the citizens, obviously. She says, you know, they ask her if she has any recommendations. Uh, she says, stop. I already gave it. Stop killing people at this point, though. I don't even know if that's going to help. You've already given this new cause its first martyrs. She calls uh, a taxi. She leaves. And her ring notifies her that her power level is at 8%, five days to full replenishment. And then we get a brief flashback, one moment, of her hand reaching toward a lantern ring in a box being held by, looks like a female's hand, uh, with uh, uh, this person saying, I'll give you one year. One year and a ring like no other. One year to make a difference. And to be continued. It was pretty straightforward. That's one of the things I liked about this issue. I, so, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gl I'm glad we finally get some information about her ring, though, again, it's not a lot. But it's something. But it's more. It's more than we've had. <laughs> so, so they don't. Of course, they don't go into great details about how exactly and what and which ways her ring is not as powerful as other yeah. lanterns. It just is kind of a blanket statement. So I, I'm going to assume that we're going to get a little more specific explanation for for how how the rings differ. Uh, I. I do like the fact that that you know that that was the not so subtle context of some of what was, if not all, but some of the reasons things played out the way they did. Also, besides the repetition of it, was the fact that they were testing her. That it was basically like a, it was a, like a like a petri dish just to see how she just to to put her put her through her paces and then be able to be able to analyze her ring since they did have the without tell. Mysteriously, since they they kind of touch upon that, that he he, he doesn't really want he's not going to go into detail about how he got, gathered that information about you know John's ring and Guy's ring. But I do. But it was interesting the fact that yes, her ring is less powerful. Uh, it self replenishes, but it replenishes obviously very very slow. Mm -hmm. uh, and and obviously in in theory it might. You could make a case it might re it might replenish fat. Well, probably. Not. I'm trying to phrase it properly. Uh, if she she probably wouldn't be in that situation if she didn't like use her ring as often as she does for like probably things that she doesn't need to, need to use her ring for. But that might be why in earlier issues that she was kind of like not really using her ring as much for different things. She may have been downplaying the use of her ring, trying not to use it frivolously uh, for that reason. Well, I think. I think in this issue, doesn't she say something about uh, when I've got other things on my mind, I'm not as scared of flying? Something like that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think she said. Wait, find that page. Yeah, I'm because sorry. someone had. I, 
I think I think Dan was the one, but somebody had pointed out um, to us previously that hey, she seems reluctant to use her ring, and that turned out to be right on the money. I mean, it is. She is reluctant. It probably as a result of the power drain, but yeah, here it is. She's flying into towards the meeting. Huh, flying's not so scary when I've got a million other things on my mind. Go me. So maybe it's just the, you know, atypical humans are not built for flight. So, you know, it's, it's an unnatural state for us to be in. And she's just still getting used to the, the power that she has. So that's, that could be, that could be that, but, if she's actually, you know, afraid of, of certain things like heights or whatever, maybe maybe that's a, a piece of it is still as well. It could be. I would I would read into that more that it's yeah she it's she's just not comfortable doing it period. But when she but when her mind's on other when you're pre like a lot of other things it's like maybe if you. Like you kind of touched on, if you're afraid, of, if you're afraid of heights and you're standing somewhere, and normally if you were just thinking of nothing but where you're standing, it would freak you out. But if for some reason something is distracting you, that you're not that it, you're not even maybe aware of where you are or what you're doing until all of a sudden you're not distracted anymore. It's like crap. Uh, but yes, I think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic of to the, also like they touch upon in the issue, raises the questions of how she's able to, where the power is coming from. Why is, why is the ring able to recharge by itself without, without, a, without a battery though? Of course, to be fair, now it's probably, it's done for a reason. So I guess we're supposed to probably take, for the moment, we'll take it at face value to assume that she doesn't, that she doesn't either have a battery or need a battery. That does, of course, does not necessarily, it does not necessarily mean she couldn't cop a charger off a battery. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it just means that that the ring is designed to be self self sufficient, but it doesn't mean that if there were for if there were a green pa- lantern power battery around her that she couldn't get a full charge off of it. But it is an interest. It's an interesting trade off that because it may, because it does make you wonder. On I mean, of course, we don't know anything about where she's been really before this directly or what her other exploits were entirely. But it makes you wonder what the power level is that she's like on a on on average what the power level is that she's operating on when and when she's doing her thing you know what's where the ring is in, in in its power capacity on average based on how she uses it and how and how often she doesn't use it. Uh, but that seems but that's a long time to to have to recharge the ring to full power. So that that's 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 a big that's a big negative. Um. But I, it seems like her ring is like is like Kyle's. When, when when Kyle first got his ring, it was like, you know, the that was was it Kyle that they made that switch over, or or was it something they tried in Hal's stuff, and then they like basically Hal's was always twenty four hours dead, you know, full stop, no matter what. Was it Kyle where they made it more like a gas tank, or did they try that for a while with Hal before they also did that with Kyle? I don't, I don't think they did it with Hal. I think they they did it with they did it with Kyle, where yeah, 
originally Kyle didn't have to recharge his ring every 20, 24 hours, and he didn't have to re- he didn't charge it at all until he was fighting Major Force, <laughs> and that's when his ring went yeah. out on him. And that's when, of course when we found out that at the time, you know, de- depending on which version, either the piece you know the piece of Oa or the piece of them, but the metal from the from the power battery, that that that, that fragment you know f- formed into the power battery that we know design wise for Kyle. Uh, and then of course when Kyle and then Kyle kind of but. It was it was after it was after being Ion that he re, that he retconned his own ring where basically that he that he made it so like he almost never had to recharge it and that and that there was always like emergency juice left in the ring no matter where he was or something to that effect give or take yeah so uh so yeah I did think I did think it's a little it is a little like Kyle except for the fact that the ring. That the ring is constant, you know, it's it's constantly, you know, regenerating itself, but seemingly at a, at a at a very slow rate. But we also don't know if maybe she her power is dispersed at a slower rate. It's it was an interest. I mean, I like I like that. I I think I think it was overall. I really this might be my favorite issue of the series overall so far. I I like that. I like the Matrix like aspect of the fact that oh yes this has happened multiple times before so this is this is this 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 is uh, to you it's brand new and to you it's shocking but to to us who have been here before it's like oh we're 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 used to this you know there's oh there's always a one there's always zion it always gets destroyed it always starts over (laughs) again uh so i thought that's what i thought of immediately it was it was it was very it was very matrix like and the fact that you know the at least, and it also it also gives context and gives good exp- good explanation for why they don't really, at the moment anyway, on the surface, you know, they don't really care at all about altering their behavior and trying to come to some kind of agreement or some understanding with the protesters or when it comes just across the board or to, to the emotion to you know the switch off and everything else because to them. This is old hat. It's like, oh, it's like every certain number of years we got to go through this, and and then we, we handle it the same way, and then then we're good for an, another certain number of years. So it, it is it is interesting, just like it's ultimately interesting, but we get more and more explanation for why they really wanted her there anyway. Truly, um, yeah. You kind of you kind of they're opening the door to that in this issue, but it's like clearly. Clearly, they're not bringing her there because they want her to keep the peace, and they want her to, or they want, or they want a new, to usher in a new status quo or a new age with her, kind of like being a catalyst or helping them implement this. That's really not what, on the surface of what they're doing. So the question is why, why she's really there to begin with, and why they want they they wanted her there. So we don't we don't have to get too deep into it because I mean. I, like I mentioned earlier with relation to the coronavirus and stuff, you know, we're just people who podcast about Green Lantern, but we can obviously bring our own personal opinions and life, life viewpoints on this. Uh, with as comfortable as you want to get into it, part of your concern that you at least made publicly known going into this, that you were concerned that it would be a little too SJW. It seems like at this point it hasn't gone that hard left that you were fearing that it would go really deeply into in this issue while it's our most action heavy we get a lot of information in here we also get a lot of information about the 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 protests and what's going on and that this has been going on for a while 
in some ways that can be seen as analogous to maybe the debate on drugs, specifically the use of marijuana by citizens and the legalization of that. You can also sort of take this as uh, it's my body, I'll do what I want sort of a thing. It's my choice. Uh, do you feel that that is going into SJW territory that you were fearing it would? Or at this point, do you say like, you know, uh, what you define or what you were concerned about, uh, the topics that it bringing up, this, you know, the legalization of marijuana or the right of every person to choose what they want to do with their body is not the specific fears you were worried about. Well, I think the, my ultimate fear about this was the idea of the police, peace enforcer bad, everybody who's against mm-hmm. them good. Um, and the, the suppression or keeping people down and things like that. And I think there certainly are elements of that, which doesn't mean that it's a bad story or doesn't mean there's never there's not truth in it regardless of what, whether it's presented in a fair, balanced way or a heavy-handed way. It just means that that, that is ultimately where, from reading – from everything I read before this book began, that's what I – that's – where I anticipated this going, and you can make a case that they're starting to go, they're starting to make that turn into that now. What's going on in their society? And but overall, you're answering your basic question. To, to this point, to this point, has this been as preachy, you know, or as you know, as much of a, a turn-off thing, as a, or a, a negative factor as I feared it would be? No, it's not. Uh, in the, for the majority of the first few issues, all, all these names and all this and this building of this world and this society, which I give them credit for, it's it's it's, it's a very they did a very good job, it's very complex and and establishing the background and everything else. That I was more that that was just bothering bothering me more than than the than than the plot. Uh, as a complete tangent, by the way, I really like her raincoat. I really like her hmm. energy. And you would think, though, if your ring is running pretty low, you, you probably would just take the wet hair. <laughs> yeah, and that's when, when, you, when you mentioned you, that she should be concerned about what she's using her ring on, that's the first image that popped into my mind is her walking out of that council meeting with a construct umbrella and raincoat and everything. Or just make the or just make the umbrella. If you have the thing over your head, you really don't. If you had the thing over your head that follows you as you go, you really don't need the raincoat as much. You're not going to get that. I mean, I understand if the wind's blowing. Yes, you're going to get wet. But nonetheless, she looks great there in that outfit, though. I mean, the, the art. I the art is interesting too. Before we get in, before we completely go off topic here. Uh, so no, at the moment, and I did. I meant to tell you last week. I did download one of her books, by the way, because uh, I had a free book I could get on. Uh, through Prime. Oh, cool! And I, 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 I forgot. I forgot to tell you. I actually bought one of Charles Soule's novels because he's been he's been doing uh, some novels lately, uh, and I believe uh, he's got a new one out now. But the the one I got, I found at Half Price Books for you know half price. Uh, and, <laughs> Spoiler alert! And, and, well, actually, less than half price because it was one of the things they had like a bulk amount of. Uh, and I, I don't know, six or seven bucks. Uh, and it, it was called the Oracle Year. I haven't had a chance to to it yet. I'll compile things I need to read through. But uh, yeah, I, Charles Soule's writing novels too, so I, I got that. So if you 
if so how's NK Jemsen stuff? I here's here's the honest to God truth. I started reading like the first couple of pages and then and then for for whatever reason I don't quite understand why I actually I do know why because there was a com there was a there was a conversation my mom and I had. She had a whole she had a whole bunch of Michael Crichton books. Some of which I'd actually gotten her, but a lot of which what I hadn't hadn't read because I really hadn't read many of his latter day books before he died. And then she got rid of them all. She gave she get she got she got rid of them, and she never said she was getting rid of them, or else I would have said, hey, you know, I've never read these. Could I at least read them first? So I think she felt bad, so she bought a whole crap ton of uh, Michael Crichton books. So I'm in the process of reading uh, Prey right now, and I have like three other Michael Crichton books that I have to work. Actually, no, four other Michael Crichton books. So I'm going to alternate. And I had the novelization for uh, Rise of Skywalker that's also coming out this, in this month. So the answer to the question is, I don't, I, I did not get into it enough to be able to make a judgment on it. Uh, it's interesting because mo- most of the reviews, most of the reviews are pretty well, good. What's the name of the book? That's so what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find my let's see. Let's see my digital. Uh, my digital content. Uh, it is the fifth season, which I think okay. is the uh, the Broken Earth book one. So it's so the fifth. <clears throat> so the broken. I think so. Broken Earth must be the series, and this is the first book in that uh, in that series. So I'm only like a couple of pages in. I will. I will probably after I finish this first Crichton book, I might go. I might go back to it uh, before I start something else. But I, I, meant, I, I did mean to mention that out of curiosity, since I did have the credit for a free book. I was like, well, for the hell of it, let's let me let me download download one of her books just to see, you know just to get a to get a taste of her overall writing style. Uh, <clears throat> but no, back to your main point. I I am not I just like Morrison has didn't completely you know make me want to put a a bullet in my mouth uh, from his first from what he's done to Green Lantern and on Green Lantern this, thus far I can't say that this book is as bad as I thought it could be could be based on somebody who didn't have a whole lot of Green Lantern knowledge and of course to this point not having a lot of Green Lantern background or knowledge hasn't been a negative because as we know there's been very little ties to her in, in the core in fact mentioning John and Guy are pretty much have been it <laughs> So, so I'm I'm prepared to say Far Sector is my favorite Lantern book right now. Uh, I don't get me wrong, Liam's art has grown on me every issue. The man puts so much detail into things; it's incredible. Like if you see his stuff, and, and this is most every comic book artist, but when you see someone's uh, pencils and inks as opposed to the finished product on a smaller a uh, smaller page than the actual, you know, page was drawn on with colors and all that other stuff added. Obviously the, the original pencils and inks look a whole lot more detailed than the finished product, but my God, I wish we could just get like an artist edition of Liam stuff on the green lantern with Grant Morrison. That being said, the art is always like a nine or a 10. The story, not so much the writing, not so much. I get irritated here and there. This book, Far Sector, the art is great, and it's extremely consistent every single time. Like, I I look at it and I go, 
like you know did the artist have an off day like you know it's, it's still the same artist but maybe they uh, every time they draw this one character it looks blah blah no it's consistent it's good the coloring is really good on this one i do like this i don't want to say muted but, it, but uh, I, it, it's darker it's definitely a darker vibe yeah. and 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 darker vibe reflected by the actual darker tone on the pages yeah, so remember uh, when I like, and we're going way back now. Remember, like the, the the praise I was giving the new Guardians book for the colors it was using. Yes, I, I I'm I'm really feeling that same vibe here. Not to the intensity of the colors in the, at the end of the new Guardian series, but in a similar vein, where the colors are of a palette that is just different. And- think of and see it almost feels like an indie book artistically speaking sometimes in the color choices and and some of the art choices that are happening here i also like the story and this world was built up really thoughtfully and really carefully and uh i like lantern joe and i like her very quickly uh and you know all of this stuff so this we're four issues in this is my favorite thing my only thing i will say about this is um and maybe maybe i just need to i don't know you know how like you know you you get a job that is in some relation to the public sector and the things that have always bugged you about as a consumer about the way that public sector operates all of a sudden makes sense to you and you're just like wait 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 of course it's like this because this is how it works on the back end maybe i need one of those for the comic book industry because as a fan of someone who's not been in the industry, I don't understand writing for the trade. I just don't. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're going to write for the trade, then let's just publish the fucking trades uh, and, and skip skip single issues. But I'm also one of those people who's probably going to throw a riot when they cancel single issues uh, <laughs> when that becomes an actual thing. But at the same time, I like, you know, especially as a fan who consumes a lot of comics, you know, I, I've been reading more and more indie books. There's a lot of stuff on my to-read pile. And you guys are coming out with this book consistently. Good on you. Fantastic. But I'm sorry, there's a month between issues. And if you're not giving me something to really bite onto and chew on and think about, then you're losing me. That's just the fact of the game these days. There are so many things, and because of digital media and all this other stuff, it's so easy for us to get our hands on it now. You're not competing with with shelf space necessarily at, a, in a, at an LCS. Is that something you need to keep, take into consideration still? Absolutely. But it's not as hard to get these comics into people's hands in some form or another now. So I have access to and am reading a lot more. But, man, if I don't have something to really go like, man, I, I, it was a month ago and I've read a bunch of other issues of other things between then, but I, I still remember issue three. I know where we're at. I know where we're picking up when we get when issue four comes out. I don't have to be like, you know, like I'm hyped for Emerald City Comic Con. I don't have to be like all up in the air and ready to go like, oh, come on, bring on that next issue. But I need to have something. And these issues aren't moving that way. And it's driving me up a wall because, you know, I I am fine with doing the recap of this episode because I was like, yeah, let's get let's get to this discussion. 
because this was something to chew on. This gave me something to think about. A good measure of whether or not I'm enjoying a book or not is if I consider podcasting with Mark about it a chore or not. And it's not that's not Mark. That's not even my feelings about the show in general. But sometimes doing these podcasts are just like, well, we got to review the newest issue of blah, blah, blah. It was okay. But like the effort that you put into getting on a call, recording the call, editing the podcast, releasing the episode doesn't really seem worth it for a meh issue. So when it's something that gives us substance and talking points and this and that and the other, like, man, I get excited about like, let's, let's get on the call. Let's talk this out. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And that's what this issue did for me. But we're four issues in and not every issue has done that. It doesn't have to be every issue, but you gotta give me something and they're not giving me something every issue. I guess is my problem. It's still my favorite solely Lantern book. I know we've got uh, Justice League Odyssey with Jessica Cruz and now uh, uh, Rage Kitty <laughs> is out over there. And I know we got John Stewart over on Justice League and all these other things. But in terms of Lantern focus, we got Far Sector and we've got the the just uh, or uh, the Green Lantern season two. So, but of those two, right now Far Sector is my favorite. It doesn't mean it's my favorite Lantern book ever written. But it's it's my it's my go to. It's tough. It's a fine line for me. Um, because more, not that this is a shocking statement, but Morrison's dealing with bigger with bigger concepts and bigger and bigger picture things. Unfortunately, the problem with Morrison is usually there sometimes there are way too many big picture things, and it makes the short term story that you're reading almost irrelevant. Uh. It's tough because it's like I want to like the Morrison book more because it is about Hal and because – I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only thing – it's the only Green Lantern core-esque book that we have at the moment. I've enjoy, I like this book. There have been a few issues that have been – like I, the last issue didn't do that much for me. I don't think the third one was as good. Uh, this, like I said, this was my this was my fa- this was my favorite issue. It I was dealing with you know some. Ultimately, it's dealing with some big picture things because you're starting to uncover a lot of the dirt and see what's un- what's underneath. But understanding the story and figuring out what's going on and going from point A to point B was nice and succinct. And you didn't have to, you know, it wasn't really subtle. I'm, I mean, there could, there was some subtlety. There's always some subtlety when you're right. But I mean, for the, for the most part, it's straightforward what they're trying to, what they're trying to get across here, uh, in this, in this issue and the doors that they're trying to open. So I, I appreciated that, and I also thought it was. I'm glad because I think I mentioned this when we talked about number three that finally we're getting a little bit of background about who, where the hell she got the ring from. And and what it, what it can do and and things and things like that that I think it's I know this is supposed to be about a 12, 12 issues right this is twelve issues yeah so yeah. we're we're only like a, a third a third of the way through but it's kind of like you have to kind of have to up the ante a little bit for me to keep me 
overly enthused about this, especially if they do start taking that hard left, literally, uh, figuratively and uh, literally, go, as these issues go on. Then to to keep me really interested in the story, it's good that I need I need something to whet my appetite and getting more information mm-hmm. about who she is in relation to the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, and what what the what her ring is where you know and why is it unique and things of that nature that that's a, that's important to me so to to get it you know getting getting it would be nice and not get you know not getting it can for a long in the long run not getting it is potentially problematic so yeah you know I'm 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 here for it I'm excited for it I'm going to get the trades for sure um, that sort of a thing. Uh, for me, I think the ranking goes issue four, issue one, issue three, issue two. Four is my favorite so far. Uh, and this is in terms of excitement, in terms of, you know, what, what I have to chew on in them, that sort of thing. I, two is actually my least favorite because that's the issue where we got like, um, wait, what was, no, see, now I got to open up issue three. How did issue three start? Was it with uh, the, the counselor, yes. or was that issue two? No, Ish, issue two I think ended when he went to go see her, and issue three. Okay, issue, so then yeah. issue yeah, so then it's issue four, one, two, three is is the order then because man, issue three. I mean, did it give us some like of the complicated backstory and? Like the the politics of things and the sort of setup, sure. But in terms of actual meat to chew on, there was like nothing in there for 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 me personally. Um, I, I get that characterization and background and more information and the complexity of the situation is important to the type of story being told. But that issue didn't do anything for me. Um, so yeah, for me it goes four, one, two, three. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I'm 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 really excited for it, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Now, if you know, I, I, do I want to know more about the ring? Sure, but so far of what we have been revealed about it, and it's not a lot. It just kind of it makes sense within what we already know. Like it's just it's a it's a different type of ring. It harnesses energy different, but what it does inherently doesn't not make sense within what we already know. Does she need a power battery? No. That's not new. Is it something that can recharge? Yes. Can it be powerful? Yes. Did it, but it recharges slowly. There's a bit of a weird weakness to it. They, like, come out with something weird, like, it can transport her to Dimension Z. <laughs> you know, like, or something crazy, just off the wall. Then I'm going to be like, okay, yep, full stop, uh, flag on the play, don't like that. But for right now, it's a different type of ring. It's a different type of setup. But this, these differences and these prototype, you know, sort of features and things, aren't things that are just wildly out there. So I, yeah, I'm here for it. Just enough of a mystery to make me want want to know more. Well, that's good then. For sure. So All right. Do you have anything be. else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. It's been a tough week, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Uh, so, Mark, if they want to reach us, what can they do? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. 
you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to track us down on both of those. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, which apparently nobody wants to, <laughs> it's 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. That's right. Uh, so I mentioned this a while back. I wanted to mention it now because as I as we record this, this came out yesterday. Uh, I told uh, some folks I was out on uh, – I was a guest on the Fluffy Town podcast, which is a podcast about community run by a really great podcaster named Yamina. That episode is now out. That is episode 16 of her podcast about episode 15 of the show. And that's called uh, What Are You, My Third Wife's Therapist, uh, where we talk about one of that episode of Community and go into depth on it. And it, it was a great conversation. I had a, uh, a really good time. It was a long episode of Yamina's show. Yamina's show is usually like maybe 30, 40 minutes, something like that. This was an hour fifteen, so <laughs> I I kept her I kept her late, but it was a good it was a good conversation and a lot of fun. If you're a fan of Community, you're familiar with it. Definitely go check out that episode of Fluffy Town. And uh, yeah, Yamina has been podcasting for a long time, so it's not it's not like she's a bad host or anything. She's she's good at what she does. So uh, if if you're looking for content other than comic book related, check out Fluffy Town. Nice. Um, otherwise, I guess we will talk to you guys later. I believe we're going to try and record something. Uh, I don't know whether that'll be between Mark and Jim or all of us or just me and Mark or, or whatever, so that we can release it on that Friday that I'll be in Seattle. Um, but uh, expect some a lot of content coming soon. Uh, obviously, a little bit less now that people are dropping out of the con, but, you know, I'm going. You know, and I'm bringing my mic and I'm bringing my phone and I'm bringing my gimbal to take some video and I'm making contacts and I'm going to do what I can to get some sort of content from the con. I've been talking about this for months now, so I'm getting something out of it content wise. So be prepared for Emerald City Comic Con reactions and content, assuming that they don't shut it down entirely. It seems unlikely Emerald City Comic Con has released two statements now saying that they're not shutting it down. It sounds like in order to shut down uh, Emerald City Comic Con, the city is going to have to shut them down for them to do it. Um, so unless you hear something about the city shutting down events in Seattle, assuming um, Emerald City Comic Con is on and I'm still going. So uh, other than that, I we will talk to you guys later. Look at Seattle. Chad's going to get some. <laughs> He's not coming. He's remember, Chad's not coming coming away empty-handed. Look out, Seattle! Some somebody posted in that Emerald City Comic Con group that I'm in that hey, if this is like you know, everybody raise your hand if you're still going. Uh, we'll use our refunds to buy black uh, to buy for blackjack and hookers. <laughs> they were making a Futurama reference, obviously, but like you know, whatever. <laughs> so there's a there's a sure huge swath of people who are like, you sure know what? I need a fucking vacation. I don't care if they cancel it. I'm going. <laughs> but regardless, we'll talk to you later, guys. Just call down to the front desk when the hookers arrive. It's room three twenty one. And on that note, good night, everybody.